Good day, everyone. CJSN again of the Shangri-La Plaza Corporation, and welcome back to Let's Talk Retail, the country's leading and award-winning retail podcast. We've always, we're always thrilled to have friends in the industry, not only watching us, but also joining us and sharing their time and talent and insights to help others in the industry. Now that we are actually moving forward, okay, it's been three years. So today we have a very, very interesting and young retailer, okay? Part of an industry that I think was very challenged during the pandemic. I mean, having seen this particular product group uh, go through the uh, pandemic, but this group is now a pandemic survivor because it's been three years and they're now moving forward and moving fast, okay? So without further ado, I'd like to introduce the managing director of the House of Branded Lifestyle, Ms. Neelam Gopwani. Right. Hi, Neelam. Hi, Happy Neelam. to be here. Thank you so much. Happy Easter. It's new beginnings. Easter. Yeah, new beginnings. New beginnings. All right. Absolutely. Now, um, we're friends on Facebook. Okay. Yes. I see you on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know what caught my eye on LinkedIn? Tell you, me. You studied in the States. Yes. Went to London and you were a finance person. Okay. You Correct. Were in, it was a nosebleed for me trading yes option trading yes trading and i go okay then you went to hong kong then you came home correct you're a <laughs> third generation member of the yeah. family a second generation retail so what made you come home to the philippines well i mean the philippines has always been home and where our family has been for so long but in terms of like career wise um we acquired vision express in 2014 and it's been quite an exciting journey since then and um entering from distribution into retail so it's really just understanding the landscape of the philippines and knowing that there's so much potential to grow and what you can do to really make a difference and that was the pivot point of coming home because you're a second generation in retail, was there a pressure for you to join? Um, I mean, this is such an interesting question because I would say definitely pressure because when you graduate and you've lived in the U.S. for so many years, you really want to like take it forward and experience what life would be like in the U.S. and try a new job and experience all of that good things and like grow up the corporate ladder. But I guess what was different um, with coming home here for me was uh, we got to experience something different. Like you got to, I got to come from finance into retail and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like North Pole, South Pole. Um, but when you immerse into the like culture of here, it's very entrepreneurial. I feel like the Philippines has very entrepreneurial spirit. So it's very easy to kind of dive in and get really into it. And then take all the learnings that I had from the U.S. and then see what, you know, the potential of the country is. Okay. Um, that, but you didn't feel like you need to be in the business. Your family was not telling me. No, they definitely were. <laughs> they definitely were. I think that they're like, come home. Uh, and, you know, my dad being a very, um, you know, I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, your parents do so much for you, you have to somewhat give back. Um, so that is really my perspective. But definitely, they really wanted me to be here. And I'm happy to be here. But it was also kind of a mindset change for me. I really had to accept the fact that you're leaving that opportunity to be in the US to be back. 
an opportunity to be in London, to be in the center yeah, of the Yeah, I was in the U.S. and I worked in London for some time. But, you know, you give up that, that freedom of experiencing a whole other world because I've only experienced living in the Philippines. But at the end of the day, you, you kind of weigh the pros and cons realistically. And I feel like when you have this opportunity versus that, then you take it. You just take the plunge. Okay. Um, do you think second or third generation family members in, in retail, in the retail business like you, should they go straight to the business or should they go out first? Not I really believe they should work somewhere else. I mean, I'm grateful I got an opportunity to. I think when you uh, join a family business or join something that has been there for so long, yeah. there's so many things that are already crystallized, like the way they process, the way they work, the way uh, the mindset is, the way your culture is. Um, it's very difficult to change that over a certain time. So my perspective is you come back with experience, you come back with knowledge from other businesses. You also have to know how businesses work in other countries. I think the efficiency of other countries um, is tremendous. The tech in other countries is amazing. And there's so much that we can learn from it. So in my personal opinion, I would 120% want external experience. You hear it, guys. You heard, you heard it, guys. Yeah. You heard it. Person <laughs> come back. Whoops, someone, someone got mad at me. Yeah, some people are going to get angry today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like the word you use, crystallize. Some practices are crystallized. So I bring the conversation to intergenerational tensions. Okay. Okay. Where, where do you usually have that? Because you come in with a different point mindset. Daddy has, has, I've been doing this for so many years since you were a kid. So how, how do you, ma what are the usual topics or, or, or pressure points and how do you resolve? Yeah, I think, it's actually it's a very interesting question because I think that one, you cannot discredit all the hard work right. that has been done. Crystallizing a business to a certain size is immense work, like immense work. So when a business already has a very strong foundation and you want to come in and do some changes, one is you need to prove it. And I always believe that you should start in a smaller aspect. Okay. Um, prove it. And then expand and expand and expand. I think that to get the trust of somebody, one, you're coming in and it's fast. You know, you're not growing in the ranks as much as you would in the U.S. You really have to work your merit there. Here, coming into a family business, being part of it, you are already related to your family, right? So you do get that privilege of kind of getting that boost up the ranks, depending on what kind of business you, you go with. So I really truly believe that when you wanna make a difference or where the tension really comes in is um, new generation versus like, uh, it's a new mindset versus a traditional mindset. Okay. And you should always start by proving what you can do and how you can do it and how your culture and your team reacts to that. And then you expand and you expand and you expand. It's like a, like a test subject, if that makes sense. Right. And then from there, I think when trust is built, which is both effort and time, I don't think it's either one or four. And I think they're both simultaneous. When you grow together, you kind of proved your concept and uh, merit together with time and effort. That's when the there's less in terms of tension because i think you've already proved what you can which do. function gets the most tension 
marketing, finance, products and merchandising, uh, operations. Most personally is um, the ones that spend money, period. <laughs> <laughs> period. Whatever the department is. And I think that outflow is very different from inflow. And, you know, when you spend money, they have to be, it has to be sensibly done. It has to be properly tracked. It has to be spent well. So I think that's where the tension comes in. And I don't think it's for myself. I think it's for any business. Right. Um, when you want to spend a certain amount of money, you need to prove it and you need to explain why and what the outcome will be. Except that the, the second and third generation have bigger ideas that they want to do. Correct. To, correct? Yes, correct. And it's like now, 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 you know. <laughs> big capex. Very big capex. And big capex is great, but like what you need to plan. Like I'm a financial background, so yeah. I understand, you know, and everybody should understand that when you spend, there's also a type to earn. So you spend cautiously and then you earn cautiously and then it works it out, right? Can't just like spend it all. Okay. <laughs> Let's look back again. This time um 2020 to 2022 okay yeah. that's the pandemic um eyeglasses were not exactly essentials unless you're looking at reading glasses but how did you cope how did you and the uh, the family members and your employees and your business cope you know the pandemic was i think difficult for every business no matter what and um, retail was especially hard but we have some great partners that we work with which is the developers and they really supported us during the pandemics so very grateful for them to really understand what retailers were going through but nonetheless the pandemic hit us like from left field right. and you know you don't really know what's happening you don't really know how to like maneuver through the situation so um, I think one thing that was very grateful at the time was digital digital transformation. I think everybody accelerated digital transformation, no matter what business you were in, you needed that establishment. We luckily already had an establishment, but definitely it was secondary in terms of priority because when your retail is your priority, you really put that effort into retail. And then when you don't have that, you're like, you know, where do you go? So Digital transformation came and everything along with it came with it to really support the business. And then post pandemic, it happened that they intertwined. Um, yeah. Online and offline became one business and everything you do offline involves online. I think that even the Philippines accelerated when it comes to usage of online systems. Gcash is one of them. Payment systems is one of them we never really had that option to offer those many payment options until today. So I think that a lot of businesses learned, a lot of businesses transitioned, and one way of becoming COVID, post-COVID successful is adjusting and adapting. And I think that digital is the only way to go. Digital is the only way to go, which brings me to this comment. Do you think online will replace offline or brick and mortar? Absolutely not. Like, not. Okay. especially when it comes to the culture in the Philippines for shopping, it's not a shopping experience. You don't go just to buy a certain thing. You are in the mall to experience a lot of other things, whether it's um, a movie or you dine out or you have an experience. And the developers do that very well, where they really encompass townships. You live in the area, you work in the area, you shop in the area. So. I don't think brick and mortar is one going anywhere. A lot of businesses actually, whether it's global or 
in the Philippines are transitioning from online to offline. I think at the end of the day, um, that shopping experience experience is very important and you just need to find a way to merge the both of them to make it one business model instead of two. Is that an easy thing to do? Can any retail business size do that? Wow, no, not at all. I mean, personally, I've seen a lot of businesses from online become a retailer. And for I personally see the difference with that. And that is, I think, an easier transition. And the only reason why is your back end is very IT-fied already because you're already a digital company. But if you are a retailer and you want to become you know, an omni-channel, there's a lot of a lot of foundation work you need to do. You have to invest in a lot of IT. You need to have a very systematic architecture with your IT system to go from ordering, backend ordering, all the way to customer ordering. So it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But if you dedicate that time to it, right. you will be able to see the, the massive improvement with your customer experience. Okay. Um, let's talk about the pandemic evolved customer, the shopper. What are your thoughts on them now that we've seen them for the past almost three years? Yeah, I think the pandemic shopper, and I am one of them, so I'm really talking in personal experience. Yes. One is everybody compares price and options online. Yeah. One is not just local, but definitely global. Um, you know, TikTok is so big. Instagram is so big. So everybody is taking what they can buy across the world and then checking what they could find here, price-wise, style-wise, trend-wise, for sure. I think that's number one. I think two also is that um, we have that YOLO kind of life. And after the pandemic, people really care about health. Okay. It's all about health, whether it's right. beauty. So you go from beauty to skincare, whether it's clothing and it's super fashionable to functional, uh, then you see the rise of like Uniqlo and all those brands. So I think that people are realizing that health really matters because of what the pandemic has really, you know, set in for us and that shock factor. Um, so I think that that's a very important thing to really go functional, to really uh, care about wellness and health. I think that's a massive change in the terms of buying ship. Yeah, I saw a Tatler issue that said uh, health is the new luxury. Amen. In every aspect, huh? Like Mental, spending, um, absolutely. Therapy, people caring about their bodies, getting checkups, um, you know, even wellness in terms of your body taking care of it. I think everybody's realized let's prioritize health and wellness. Another thing that I noticed that was very used very well in, during the pandemic is influencers. Okay, and I know yes. Melissa is one of your is your is your main really? influencer. What are your thoughts on using influencers? I think um, influencers are a they're a great way to reach your market. I think it just has to be systematic in terms of okay. what you want and what your output really is. I think the influencer industry is really truly incredible because today influencers are very real if they don't like your product they won't advertise your product so i think it's a great avenue to access 
your target market. It just depends on you analyzing who your real target market is and penetrating that way. Um, but you know, storytelling has changed the way that advertisers advertise. It's not super in your face anymore. It's somewhat more real and in your life, in your day. How do you fit the product into it? So I think that you have to use influencers and your influencers to the best of explaining to your customer why your product is great for you instead of just telling them this product is available. Buy it. It's not just a straight buy. buy. It. No, it's available now. <laughs> so it, go, it goes back again to experience. 100%. It goes back again to experience. experience. All right. Yeah. Let's now look at Christabel questions. Okay, Christabel okay. questions. How was your first quarter? 2023 first quarter was um, definitely way better. I think that the progress and things are getting way better in terms of post-pandemic. I think that people are definitely more onto the spending trend. But I think that just like I mentioned to you, since people are moving towards wellness, we are also talking um, and pushing that wellness category inside of our shops, which is at Vision Express, you get uh, the best eye care um, we have the best trained doctors. We really give you that customized eye care opportunity inside of our stores. So we really want the customer to come in and get an ex an customized feel. We don't want it to be like grab and go. We want right. you to and really get the personalized experience. You get a eyewear made for you, perfectly designed to you, and helping you in all the ways of that you live. Um, when we pivoted that direction, I think that um, the market was really susceptible to our advertising, um, uh, our advertising ways, and that's really been really helpful. Um, so Q1 was good. I think when it comes to retail, it's never good enough. I think you can always do better. Uh, and that's just realism, to be honest, because you have to grow with the economy and you have to pivot with all of the changes with the economy as well. So um, I think Q2, Q3, we're definitely going to be improving a lot when it comes to our offerings, our services, um, opening a lot more stores to reach more people. Um, so I think that's our goal. So revenge spending that we saw in Q4 2022 is yes. real? I think it's there. It's definitely there. I think um, when it comes to spending, you have to understand that people are adding it now when it comes to travel. People are adding it when it comes to spending luxury. Um, also investments. A lot of people are now leaning towards investments. So um, when it comes to revenge buying, I definitely believe it's there. But I also think that people care about what they spend. I don't think it's just... Um, you know, an avid random spending. I think after the pandemic, people really care about how they spend their money. So I think you always need to offer some type of quality deal and you need to make sure that people understand that they're getting a bang for their buck. So it's the best quality for the best price. It's, it's still um, studied spending. I mean, they would spend, but they really want to make sure they get the value of their money. Yes, customers are very smart today. They expect good service. They expect a good price, they expect good product, and they expect a really good um, experience from beginning all the way to after after sale service. So after you need sale service. Yeah, yeah. You need to make sure you answer their questions, you support them, 
you offer as much guidance as you can. You can't just be like, ah, binilemona. Okay, see you later. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Customers will never trust you. Loyalty is important. <laughs> yeah. So you you you're with them to the whole journey and absolutely, after. absolutely. Nilam, another hot topic. Okay, sustainability. What is yeah. your company doing in the field of sustainability? Absolutely. So we are bringing in really exciting collections when it comes to sustainability. I truly believe sustainability is the future. I think every brand that you know has any type of sustainable future is going to be relevant. Um, so right now we're bringing in an Emporio Armani collection that is made with complete rubber and it's fully sustainable. We also have a Ray-Ban bioacid collection that's made from cotton and pulp. It is 85% um, made with bioacetate material. It's so fantastic that if you leave it at a certain place, it will um, disintegrate um, way faster oh. than any kind of plastic that actually doesn't even. Right. Um, so bioacetate is the new collection. It's been accepted really well um, to the market in Europe and into the US. And we just introduced it in the Philippines, doing super well. And even Tony Morgan, London, we have another collection that's fully 100%, um, sorry, it's 99% uh, made with bioacetate material. It's cotton, it's pulp, it's uh, fruit, um, old fruit that they actually like um, consolidate and make into a type of plastic. It's kind of like it imitates plastic, but it's made from recyclable materials and food, like leftover food. And that's our Tony Morgan London collection called the Sustainable Collection. So our goal is to bring in a lot of collections from all the brands that are pushing towards sustainability. And then for Hobley, as in House of Branded Lifestyle, we have a three-year goal to go paperless. It's definitely a goal because it's a lot harder than it looks, but our yes. goal for definitely 2025 is to be 100% paperless, use a complete internal system that doesn't need paper, even to speak to our customers, to email receipts to them and all of that. That's definitely um, a goal between now and 2025. And a lot more things like when it comes to what we buy, how we build our stores using um, you know, Philippine-made quality wood, bringing in all the type of paper bags that are not paper, uh, not plastic, it's paper, um, you know, eco-friendly material using cassava bags. So that's our transition in the next three years. Why is sustainability such a hot word now? You know, sustainability is really for a, a lot of younger generation. It's really a target because people care about mother earth and making a difference in this world. I think we're all seeing from typhoons and tsunamis and the effect of what the world is going through. And I, I believe like the younger generation really cares about sustainability. Truly myself, I do as well. So in my opinion, it's just better for the planet. It's better for you. Um, eating organic food, no pesticides. It's better for your body. It's better for the planet. Um, so why not? So at the end of the day, if you want to target that market, you have to deliver the product that suits them. Okay. So looks like we've covered a lot for today. Thank you Thank so you. much, Dila, for joining us. Thank you very Such much. Such a pleasure, Jason. And do you think it'll be Christmas 2023? You think it'll be a nice Christmas? I think it'll be a good Christmas. I hope so. I hope so. We need to... Um, 
pucker up and make sure that we make it a good Christmas for the for our customers. We gotta bring in the good stuff, bring in some great product, have fresh, ex, you know, excitement, some really good trends. Um, and I think that customers love things that they cannot find in other places. So uh, you need to bring that. I have a, a question just popped into my mind now. Yeah. As managing director, as managing director of House of Brand and Lifestyle, Nila, what keeps you awake at night? Oh man, stress. Shoot. <laughs> Chasing, man, it's stress. Stress I think from at the end of the day. A good question. Um, you know, you you for me, my number one priority is my customers and their experience and my patients. And at the end of the day, I take that stress on. So a lot of things you want to improve for their benefit to make sure that their experience is 100% fluid. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of firefighting that needs to happen and a lot of bumps in the road and a lot of things that you want to work, but it just doesn't. Um, and that's kind of where the frustration comes in. And that's where stress, you know, kind of builds up because you want to be there, but you got to get there. And there's a lot of steps to get there. Sometimes I'm impatient. Okay. So you get, you're stressed. So how does Neelam distress? Really great. I love to do nothing. I mean, realistic. I love to go home and have a detox moment and uh, just watch some TV and relax. And, you know, sometimes you watch some TV and you're not even digesting what's on the TV. You're just there to, to give your mind a minute and travel. I love it. I love to experience what other countries have. Um, I love to try new places. And I think that that's the only time when you pull yourself out of the situation, can you enjoy Okay, lots of good tips there, right? Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our friend from the House of Branded Lifestyle, Inc., the Managing Director, Neelam Gokwani. Neelam, thank you very much for joining us. Such a pleasure, JC. Thank you. Thank you also. Thank you. Oh, this is CJ Senna of the Shangri-La Plaza. Thank you for joining us in this episode with Dila Gupwani, the Managing Director of House of Branded Lifestyle, as she took us through her journey from living abroad to operating in the Philippines and how she coped with the pandemic. Again, Let's Talk Retail. We're on Spotify. Please make sure you join us. And we'll see you again in the next episode. Bye.